0: The Rojo Show Podcast I am your host Rojo How's everybody doing this day? It is the day that He has made Rejoice Be glad in it I am as I usually am Between coming from and going to the gym and some Chicago public school Um, as we speak gas is at about $3.20 it officially took me $50 to fill up my tank and um, I didn't cry afterwards but if I were a lesser man I would have Got some topics. Got some topics. And we're gonna go over those topics. Uh, Slowly and thoroughly. You may be able to hear the drums in the background. You may not be able to. But uh, I'm just gonna sit comfortably here in my office chair at my desk in the studio. I'm just gonna wax poetic about some topics, and um, I'm glad you're here with me. So, uh, first on my whiteboard, I have Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. Now, the original Batman movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and Michelle Fe- is that Michelle Pfeiffer. I think so. My man Billy D. Williams is in there too, and that funny dude that was in all the '80s movies, he was in there too. But um, I mean, I I really don't know a lot about Robert Pattinson. I haven't I haven't seen any of those Twilight movies, and um, I haven't seen anything else with him in it, so I don't really have an opinion on his acting or his. his his chops per se. but I do have very clear and visceral reactions to Batman. Now this may be contrary to popular belief uh, to popular you know belief was an okay word but uh this might be an unpopular opinion but I believe my order of Batman, or Batman go as follows um Christian Bale is the best Batman ever He he has the best movies shouts out to Christopher Nolan but say what you want those are the three best Batman movies ever Okay Now right after Christian Bale I have Michael Keaton After Michael Keaton, I have Val Kilmer. After Val Kilmer, I have um, uh, Ben Affleck. And bringing up the fucking rear is George Clooney. Um, Although Chris O'Donnell is definitely the best Robin. So I give him that. But um, Robert Pattinson. I don't know. I don't know why. That, I mean, I know there's a lot. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna be good. Like I said, I haven't really seen him in anything um, to like really know. Like Daniel Craig was a great, was a great um James Bond as soon as I saw him. And as the story goes, if you've seen Layer Cake, Layer Cake is the movie that the producers of the run of um, James Bond movies that Daniel Craig was in. that's That's what they saw that let them know or that made them believe that he could play James Bond they saw a layer cake, and they was like, oh, okay, he could probably pull this shit off. So, me not having an extensive um, mental Rolodex of Ra- Robert Pattinson movies makes it difficult for me to um, theorize how he would carry out the part or how he would deliver a performance as the Cape Crusader. But, I mean... I guess it's not horrible. What is he going to play like a like a young Bruce Wayne, like a not not young, but like like between mid 20s and mid 30s Bruce Wayne. Fucking off some money maybe. Uh I need them to portray Bruce Wayne as a little bit more reckless, like for him to be like being Batman, like they always make it seem like it's so like uh Selfless and like like he ain't had no fun doing that shit. Like he never he didn't fuck no brides in the uh in with the Batman mask on. Come on, man. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe I'm stupid. Um but Ben Affleck had only did it a couple times. Ben Affleck was the first Batman that I I, I felt myself hating. He seemed like he voted for Trump. Ben Affleck definitely portrayed the first uh, right-wing Republican Batman, I think. Oh, that was my neck! If you heard that, um, I don't know. I don't have much on that because I don't know. I don't know a lot about Rob, uh, Robert Pattinson. I've never seen any of those Twilight movies. Um, I don't think I've seen any Robert Pattinson movies. Huh. But Batman was my favorite superhero movie for a long time. And, um... Jeez, The Dark Knight is still one of my favorite movies. The Dark Knight is up there. Especially once I found out that it was... It was really just a take of heat. I don't know if anybody knows that, but if you've seen the Michael Mann classic... Heat, starring Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer. That is. Um, Heat is Christopher Nolan's favorite movie, and he did dark. He made Dark Knight Rising, or he made Dark Knight kind of in the vein of heat so if you see if you watch them side by side they both start off with heists and the diner scene in heat happens at about the same time that the interrogation room scene happens in the dark knight so just a quick little tidbit just want to drop that on your heads uncle rojo uh moving on um So as usual, I went to Instagram and I posted um, a picture of my whiteboard with my topics for the Rojo show on it. And then I asked people if there were other topics that they thought should be discussed or if there were any topics on the board that they may be excited to hear about. Um, A couple of people responded to A couple of people responded, and I would like to go through the topics that they thought about um, or that they thought were interesting enough and wanted me to kind of expound on. Um, Now, a bunch of people wanted me to say something about the abortion ban, and I definitely feel a way... About the abortion ban. But I don't know what I'm supposed to say about it. I mean, I hear a lot of women saying, Why do these old white men get to decide what women do with their bodies? And that is a very fair point. That is also why I really don't want to talk about it. Like, not because I, I have negative thoughts on it or because I don't think it's important. But because, like, like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? I believe a woman should do what she wants with her body. I feel like that goes without saying. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I do feel sad about killing the baby. A little bit. I feel a little sad about killing the baby. But I also know that that's a bunch of. There's a whole bunch of residual shit that goes on with that mentally too. There's definitely PTSD from having abortions. Like, don't just think like if there are women that can just run up in a clinic and off a baby and run out and like not think twice about it. There's a special place in hell for those people. But I mean, even when women get um end up pregnant from like nefarious circumstances i.e. rape or incest or molestation or sexual however you want to rephrase or phrase shit that's all in the same box anyway However, even women that like it happens in a way that they don't want it to happen once they had that abortion it's not like that wipes it away like, they still have the memory of being pregnant. They still have some kind of emotional tie to whatever was brief, however briefly living in their bodies. Like, it's still a big deal. Like, they not getting off scot-free with that shit. But... If that's what they want to do, I mean, that's... Do I feel bad about killing a baby? Yes. Do I feel like the woman should be able to do that if she wants to? Sure. I mean, listen. I, I kill millions of kids multiple times a week by squirting them on my stomach. Who am I to judge? Right? Right? So that's my that's my two cent on the abortion ban. I don't know. I do find it interesting that these states are like outlawing abortion, but they're not doing anything to like to prepare for this influx of uh baby-ish that they about to have because if they really going to make people um if they really going to make women like carry all these babies to term and I don't have the I don't have the exact numbers on you know the average number of abortions in a year but there's going to be some extra babies now that you can't kill them if you want to and I I I don't think that these states are like beefing up their adoption agency services or like leaving extra people on watch at the firehouse so that they can collect these kids like Moses. I don't know. It's a real touchy subject. I just don't know how these country, how these different states like decide that they're gonna do this shit. And again. I mean, Missouri is probably the northernmost state that's participating in this bullshit. But again, it's a lot of conservative southern states kicking off this silly shit. And I mean, I don't want to say it's residual stupidity from, you know, generations past, but... I mean, the South has shown what happens when we get them the keys to the car. And now's not the time to end up in a ditch. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, family? So, to all the women's out there, keep your ovaries tight and make them niggas pull out. Cause they're making it hard for y'all to 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 bury y'all mistakes, or have them sucked out of you. So, my thoughts and prayers are with you, ladies. Cause they're coming for your vaginas. Um, another topic that was proposed by way of the at shy rojo under, shy underscore rojo one Instagram page was for me to talk about my man, Mr. Ratburn. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the popular 90s to early 2000s cartoon on PBS named uh, by the name of Arthur, um, Arthur was an aardvark. He started off in books. And um, Arthur had Arthur was an aardvark. He had a, a bunch of friends, though. He had uh, Buster the Bunny. Um, he had Francine Frensky. He had, uh, oh, what was the big dude with the B? Who was the big dude whose name began with the B? Oh, Roger. Uh, was it Roger or was it? Well, it was Buster. Buster was his main homie. And then Francine was like the jock, she was a tomboy. Unless now they finna have Francine come out as as liking some kind of girl or something too, right? Cause Fran I mean, if I, that, if I could say that, if I could say that if I could say that Mr. Ratburn been gay, then I could say that Francine has been a lesbian too. Cause I mean she made her own bike or her dad, her dad made her an old bike. Something like that happened. Okay, so uh, Arthur was an aardvark. And then you had Mr. Ratburn. He was a rat. And you had Francine Frensky. Was she some kind of monkey? And then you had Binky Barnes. That's my man's name. I don't know what he was. And then Muffy Crosswire. Buster was his name. I said that though, right? Did I say Buster? What'd I call them. I don't know. Sue Ellen was only on a couple of them. And then, uh, George. And then everybody's parents and stuff. And then DW. See, I took a special liking to Arthur because I felt like I was Arthur because he had a little annoying ass sister, too. Um, Dora Winterford. That's what DW stands for. But, um,. So I, you know what I'm saying? I I identified with the show. Me and my sister used to watch it together. Like, she would, like, literally, like, call me, like, yo, Arthur's about to come on. I'd come down. We'd watch it together after school or whatever. So, you know, boom. That was our thing. So Mr. Ratburn was their teacher. And Mr. Ratburn, like, he talked with that, like, out-of-breath voice that gay men be kind of using. And I don't, it might not be gay, man, because I don't know if all dudes all, all dudes that use that breathy voice is gay. But they definitely be out of breath and didn't run from nowhere. Like, they've been right there the whole time, but they out of breath for some reason. So why are they talking like they out of breath or like they whispering at, at like, normal level? You know? Like, it was a dude at my high school, one of the disciplinarians that used to talk like that. I used to call uh Miss Lathan, Mr. Lathan, Um, why are you running through these halls? And stop kissing on um stop kissing on Miss Wiley. She doesn't need that right now. Okay? Both of y'all should be trying to get to class. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of thing. And don't have Miss Bennett uh calling my office. You and Mr. James. So, I don't know. But Mr. Ratburn used to kinda of talk like that. And He was in the weird stuff like Mr. Ratburn was a uh, he was a was he what would you call it like a was he a puppet master? He was a puppet master. He used to uh, he used to put on shows with puppets at like the community center or the county fair or something like that, because I remember one episode they heard him talking about he needed some boy heads. Which is kind of weird now. Now that we ain't been gay. He was looking for some boy heads. And they was like, what? He need boy heads? Is he cutting up bodies? And then come to find out, they followed him. And uh, he was at the theater putting on these little mannequin shows. And he needed boy heads because he was fixing the puppets. And he used to crack their heads doing some part of the scene or something. I don't know. But... All these years, and, you know, we've never heard about a Mrs. Ratburn. So what is one to expect? But then that's that That's that school bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Because it was definitely a teacher at my grammar school. Shouts out to Kellogg. It was definitely a teacher that, like, all the parents had, like, made it up in their mind that he was juicing one of the other teachers. But He was not juicing the other teachers Let him tell it Because one of the parents Who used to make me uh, Who used to pay me to help them at market day One of the parents Just straight up told them Like yo You I can't believe you're doing that Doing what? Sleeping with Miss So-and-so I'm not sleeping with Miss So-and-so Why would you say that at my job You goofy ass woman No, no, it's not right he was just like, bitch, you fucking crazy. <laughs> and I don't know how all of us knew that she was wilder like that, but we knew. In sixth grade, seventh grade, we knew, boy. It was crazy style. But yeah, man, Mr. Ratburn, he could be a little sweet, man. That's fine. Whatever. They've been setting us up for that all this time. Cause I'm telling you, like like I said, like if I could get if I could pick up on the vibes that <laughs> Francine eventually is gonna be a little, you know, a little vagina vegan, then I definitely could see that Mr. Ratburn was um, you know, on the gay side of the game. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, shouts out to Mr. Ratburn. I hope you happy, bruh. They're going to have him marrying a man on the goddamn cartoon. Now, let's talk about that. Should you be having a gay marriage scene on a cartoon? I don't know. Ain't nobody on the cartoon going to be mad about it. Francine's dad, now you're going to come up there with his Garbage Man uniform on and be like, yo, my daughter can't watch any of this. This is Vamajosius. Or yeah, what if, uh, what's her name, what's her name, Rich Daddy came up there and made a whole fuss. That's how you got to keep it real. Keep it real, PBS. Get off that bullshit. Show some parents not as tolerant as others. 'Cause that T word, boy, that T word, begin people's feelings hurt. Ooh, they want you to use that T word so bad. You're not being tolerant. Oh, oh, you're not being tolerant. Nah, I left my tolerant hat at home, bro. Who is Felix Young? If you have been watching my Instagram stories maybe a month or two months ago, then you would have seen me practicing with a young man in my studios. And he goes by the name of Felix Young. Felix Young is a R&B singer, and um, I became acquainted with him probably about three or four months ago. I recognized that he had some talent, and I offered to lend my limited but high-level forward-thinking expertise. And so far, it's been somewhat uh, eventful. We did perform at the Black Women's Expo. Um, we got a couple showcases coming up, a couple other opportunities. But um, I just wanted to drop his name on the podcast. Um, you can definitely check out some of his music at Felix Young on SoundCloud um and just leave a comment, you know, let me know what you think about it. Um we're writing some new material. We're going to be shooting some videos and some visual elements soon. Hold on, I got 39 uh, steps to win the hour. Whew. Whew. Um But yeah, we're going to do some stuff and um I'd like to, you know, extend my um Limited fandom and fans that I have. I'd like them to meet him and meet, you know, what he's got going on. Because um, <clears throat> he's a part of the team. He's a part of the team. And if you don't know him now, you'll know him soon enough. And I don't want it to be too late. Okay, so check out Felix Young. Um, Felix Young, that's one name, two X's. All right. Um, Steve Harvey lost two jobs in one week. They took his daytime TV show. They're going to give that to Kelly Clarkson. And they're taking that big little, uh, that little big shot show. And they're giving that to Melissa McCarthy. And um, I think they're about to take Family Feud. And I think they're going to try to get that to Michael Strahan. Now I ask you, America, and um countries abroad, because the, inter- the the Rojo show is definitely international. Um who did Steve Harvey piss off so that they taking all his, his all his little jobs away? What did that happen? Cause Steve Harvey is one of the one of the most tap dancing this. One of the most... Um, I want to make the make everybody feel comfortable. And I don't want to do nothing to jeopardize my bag. He's definitely one of those guys. He's that guy. So for him to lose all three of his jobs in just like one one swoop of the mother can hammer. It's like, who did he offend? Excuse me. Now, I know that there's supposedly some kind of contract negotiation situation going on. And, um, you know, he was negotiating for a higher contract through The television station and not through the production company or something like that. Something real industry heavy. It's industry heavy. And I don't have all the specifics. And I didn't research them either. Just being, just keeping it 1,000. Australia. Whoever's in Australia checking out the Rojo Show, shouts out to you, Poppy or Mommy. Shouts out to you, but yeah, Oh uh, Steve. I knew some. I mean, Steve. It's like a lot of people were saying that he was a he was he was nearing a place of unapproachability. You know, he sends so many people to school and he buys so many people cars and he changes so many people's circumstances that it was getting to a point where people couldn't find him relatable anymore. And a lot that's very important and very big in those, you know, people that be at home all throughout the day, demographic type of situation. <clears throat> so that could be a part of it you know everybody knows that he's good friends with Magic Johnson and Samuel Jackson and they spend the summer on the yacht kicking it or whatever I don't know but something happened for him to lose all them jobs in three days and I want to get to the bottom of it because he was just trying to tell he was just trying to tell Monique how to keep all her jobs right he was talking about how to tap dance for them for them people so that they 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 so that you don't mess up your money. And he was talking about how he ain't doing nothing that's going to jeopardize his money. Not a thing. Not a do da 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 da. Do da 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 da. And that's how she need to, he was saying that's how she need to be about it. So, I don't know. For this to come up and happening, I mean, I know he didn't, I know he ain't pissed nobody off. I know he ain't rubbed nobody the wrong way. What you want me to say, man? What you want me to say? It's Taco Tuesday. Um,. So, somebody basically told me in the last two weeks that I'm a broke-ass nigga, and um, if Future want to buy his son a Rolex for his fifth birthday, then Future should be able to buy his son a, 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 a Rolex for his fifth birthday, what now i'm not even saying it as a matter of like let's let's put the money let's put the money thing to the side let's put the money thing to the side i don't know how many five-year-olds i would buy a watch for of any kind a watch ain't the first thing i'm thinking about buying a five-year-old I'm not even about learning how to tell time. I mean, maybe if they, maybe if I wore a watch. I'm thinking about like if you know, maybe if it's a father-son type of thing, and the son always sees the father wearing a watch, so he has some weird thing where he wants to, you know, he wants a watch. Okay. Um. Still not a fucking Rolex. It would be like a toy watch. It would be like a game. I would not spend $20,000, $30,000 for a watch for a five-year-old. For no reason. For no reason at all. Now, yeah, you can do what you want with your money. Absolutely. Everybody knows that niggas have done stupider shit. But a kid Rolex... I don't know. Maybe you can add links to it so that it'll fit them forever. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's in. It, well, if you if it's engraved, then it's not. Um, <clears throat> if it's personalized in any way, then it's no longer valuable. So, never mind that. But. I don't know. Niggas got real and they feelings with me about that shit, and I'm just like, yo, tell me what five year old is excited to get a watch? That's like getting clothes. That's like getting clothes. A watch. And never mind if never mind that kids don't give a fuck about watches. You gonna get a thirty thousand dollar watch? What? Tripping, cuz super tripping, super duper tripping. super duper triple one nah just get on my nerves niggas always want to just run to the they can do what they want about their money yeah man but some shit just ain't smart some shit just ain't smart um Ain't nobody heard about Dick Yelp. Dick Yelp is this Twitter page where women are going on there and rating the dick skills of different men. Let me refer, let me repeat that. Dick Yelp is a Twitter page where women are direct messaging this page with pictures and reviews of sexual encounters with men. In detail. With pictures. Now, I don't want to make my first point the fact that if this was women if this was uh vagina reviews women would be out of their fucking minds upset but I mean what what am I what, 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 what am I, what, 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 I mean and listen I'm not at all worried about any kind of review that I would get. I'm very tender I'm very giving okay. I'm very tender I'm very giving Okay I share in the experience I'm a lover Okay I'm a Sagittarius My only problem is that I love too much (laughs) I just winked at nobody in the room But yeah I don't know. That shit just seems, seems a little, uh, a little disgusting and rough. Like I remember in seventh grade, we had, uh, we had a list of everybody in the class and we like ranked them. Like everybody had like a, I can't remember if everybody had a grade or if everybody had like a number from one to ten. <laughs> It was a bunch of people in on this shit, too. If anybody, if anybody that I was in, I went to Kellogg with in seventh grade, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It was a list of everybody in the class and then everybody passed it around and like it was ratings for everybody. Everybody. Who was the like uh, sexy, thick? Like it was all too, it, was, it was all types of shit. Way too much for us to be in seventh grade. But somehow our teacher found it, and then he like I got kicked off of student council. And then we all had, like, after-school detention and, like, for, like, three days or some crazy shit. But, like, I don't know how he figured that, like, we was the ones that started it. Like, our names was on there, and we was definitely rating people, but I think he just kind of picked the popular kids. Like, it was certain kids that you probably could guess that was a part of and certain kids that you probably knew wasn't. So... And I didn't say that, like, I, to, I I was popular to say that I was popular. I mean, I was, but I was also, like, the new kid that came in in fifth grade and it was there from, like, sixth to eighth grade. So I had, like, that whole mystique about me, and I was smart, and I was in the shit, so it wasn't hard. Anyway. I just think about that. I think that's crazy. I mean, maybe... I don't want to get into how shit is different from women to men, but I just know if it was a bunch of dudes talking about how trash some girls' vejeej was or how good it was. Like, is that all we are to you? All you do is reduce us to our physical parts? Alright, stop it. I'm sorry. Relax. I'll take it back. You look like cheese. Not even good cheese. Now, um, NBA Finals. I haven't said anything. I haven't really spoken to you all since the the I mean since the finals have started. And um, I just want to touch on some things real quick before I get out of here. Little sip of the kombucha. Um, I do believe that the Warriors are gonna win the NBA Finals. <clears throat> um, I just would like to think. I just would like to give something for everybody to think about real quick. And this is on the topic of um, Kevin Durant and being injured and the Warriors. Now, I have no idea whether he's going to leave next year or not. There are too many variables uh, involved and too many things at play for me in my position of ignorance to comment on or to know what's going on there. I don't know. What I will say is this. We need to remember and we need to consider that the media has a stake in where Kevin Durant goes. If Kevin Durant stays in Golden State, the amount of press, the amount of storylines, the amount of parody in the league, it decreases. Because they are the runaway favorites. They make every game uninteresting. The only thing that they can do to make themselves seem relevant, to make themselves seem interesting, other than the fact that they just seem to run over teams, is to beef amongst themselves and to nitpick their gameplay and their winning efficiency and all that type of shit. The way that the media has overreacted to the Warriors' Doing what they are supposed to do when a player gets hurt. What they did is, best case scenario, it is what you would want anybody or anything to do. You would want it to happen like that. You would want to work in a system that is competent enough that if one person goes down, the system keeps going effortlessly and in the case that it may perform better that's so that's that's a fresh take on it that's something new coming out you want to place yourself in a position where if your first option goes down or does not work your second option is just as good some would say if not better because you can learn from the mistakes of the first So the way that nearly no one has covered this as the Warriors doing what they're supposed to be doing. The Warriors, this is why they got KD. They got KDs to make themselves unbeatable even if one of their superstars goes down. This was the Warriors from the beginning. A lot of people, uh, I mean, I don't know why we don't remember this now, but when the Warriors were just um, Steph and Cl- it was the Splash Brothers and Draymond. And, um, you know, they had uh, Iguodala coming off the bench. They had um, Livingston coming off the bench. They had. Uh, Harrison Barnes, they had Leandro Barbosa. Like, the talk about the Warriors was that their bench, their second five, was good enough to beat a lot of people's starting five. So it just amazes me that now that they've actually had to use that to their advantage, that now everybody is all surprised And everybody is like, oh, they're better without him. No, they're not better without him. They're what they should be without him. They should be a competent, above-average basketball team. That's what they want to be. The only person on that starting five that seems to be bulletproof is Klay Thompson. Steph, although brilliant, is very fragile. Draymond, although instrumental and influential, is a basket case, or not a basket case, sorry, a nutcase, who can fly off the handle at any time. Now, kudos to him this season or this postseason. He has seemed to exhibit a little bit more self-control. And he spoke about that in one of his interviews, saying that he was focused too much on the refs and arguing calls and needed to just play ball. And I, I commend him for that. Saginaw pride. But he is not the most consistent scorer of the basketball, which is what they wanted to keep doing, which is a part of their system. They play defense. They are efficient on defense. They have lockdown defenders, but they are also going to outscore you. They are going to, they are going to rain points on you in a way that you can't handle and you're going to try to keep up with them, but trying to keep up with them is just going to tire you out, and they're still going to be scoring points. And then you're going to look up in the third quarter, and you're going to be down by 15 points. And it's a long 15 points, not, 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 not like a short 15 points with them. 15 points with them is just, uh, you know. it's just you know some three pointers was that five five three pointers 369 12 15 yeah that's nothing they could hit five three pointers you know with their eyes closed But I just i'm saying the in, the NB the, the, the media is cuz they know kd is sensitive they're pushing this narrative of, oh, the Golden State Warriors are better without him. They don't need him. They're pushing that narrative so that he will leave, so that they will have more teams to talk about. And that they won't just have to keep flipping Golden State on different angles what about this angle what about this angle what about the new arena what about the owners what about the blah 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 it's like okay send them to another team so we can have a whole nother team worth of drama to report on and talk about and then they gloss over the obvious reasons why he should stay cuz they can offer him the supermax cuz he can win 5 championships in a row if he wants to. They manufacture all these other issues. Does Steph maybe Steph does give a fuck about not having a Finals MVP? I don't know. But Steph come from money, he got money. His brother got money, his daddy got money, his mama fine, his sister trying to make it I mean his his uh his his uh, his uh his wife trying to make a little money, although she need to be keeping her mouth closed and he needs to just be administering that Dioc to her. But like I don't know. I don't know, bro. I just don't know why people aren't aren't pushing the fact that or highlighting the fact that playing the way that they did was exactly what they were supposed to do. That's what they were supposed to do. You want to you want to construct a team so that if one of your important pieces goes down, there is adequate backup if that happens. And that's what they have. But everybody makes it seem like since you have what you need in case of emergency... Well, okay, well, you're never going to have an emergency, so just get rid of it. Mm, I think we saw that this I, thought, I think we saw that this year. Imagine if imagine if they don't have KD and Clay Thompson strains his calf. Then they're done. Then they're going home. Who is going to step up to play crazy like that with Steph and um With Stephen Draymond. Andre Godala. He got hurt. Quinn Cook. Kevon Looney. I doubt it. So they set up the team exactly how they should have. They set up the team that could withstand some pressure. That could withstand some falls and some bumps. And that if their main man went down. They'd have other people around that could pick up the slack. Which is what you should do. So kudos to them. Kudos to them. Kudos to Coach Kerr. Kudos to Mark Jackson, the originator. All that shit. Don't think I forgot. Shout out to Mark Jack. And, um, you know, I'm going to get up out of here. It was a short podcast. Uh, But I wanted to give you all something real quick. And I'm going to try to give you all something... Within the next week or 10 days. Um, you know where you can find me. Stitcher. iTunes. SoundCloud. The Rojo Show Podcast. Shy underscore Rojo One on Instagram. Uh, the Rojo Show on uh, at Gmail. And um, as always, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. Shouts out to everybody who's listening. Shouts out to everybody all over the country, all over the world. The Rojo Show, baby. One.